DJ, drop a beat. Not another podcast. 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 Those people are the freaks, man. They're hookers, so it's fine. James. Meth is a hell of a drug. Okay, bitch, it's on. Price. You know what really grinds my gears? I bet they're Brazilianaires. Samantha. Get out now or sting, get weaved. When we're really <laughs> desperate, we put our hands underneath his balls. Big Jim. I know my way around a joke. Been shaving your own pubic hair for years? No, I've just been collecting it. I'm not weird. Danny. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing. Had an expansive bookmark collection. What the hell is wrong with you people? Not another podcast. Ryan was very upset. He said some very not nice things, so we're not doing that. That's what I want to hear, though. No. Yeah. Why do you want to hear that? Why don't you just wait until he comes here, and then he can just say it to your face? Yeah, he would like that more. All because I made a big man cry. No, because you made his girlfriend cry. <laughs> well, with all due respect, I mean, and, and full no, disclosure, we, the first time that. I watched that video, I cried. I know. And I had to give my kitty an immediate snoodle because it was like, where's your yeah. buddy? Because <laughs> like, we're watching this thing and I'm like, oh, no. See, now I'm concerned because he, he was saying that, um, oh, I know the band, but I have not heard this song. And I was like, oh, cool. OK, so neither of us have heard this. And then I was like, oh, uh oh. And he goes, what? I'm like, now I'm concerned that it's about this dog dying. And I'm like, and immediately I was like, no. So we went with a different one, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good song anyway. So oh, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well put, well put together. Yeah. And the sucky part was, is I had bought that as a single. I bought a lot of their singles as they released them. And then they released their full album and I ended up having to only buy like, you know, six of the songs off the album. Cause I already owned Andre. All my toys are back there. <laughs> this is my favorite one because he looks like he's giving you the side eye. <laughs> Danny, what are you doing making Samantha cry? Yeah, right, you jerk. <laughs> I'm exposing her to great music, okay? And you And you did, and it worked, but we just released something a little different. But a little like, different. The list, the list of requests that we're getting like it's so long right now that's awesome that you guys are are getting to the point where now you're getting enough of a following that you're getting requests yeah it just kind of like it was the it was the warning video that really did it and then we did uh, it's because we because we um, are going (laughs) oh and i get to meet them me too oh that'll be awesome okay i'll be jealous danny and i are gonna totally japanese fangirl go And our wives are going to look at us like, shut the fuck up. We should actually, we should get them to film it and do that and then put it up on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> well, we can always post it up on not another podcast too. That was the Facebook I was yeah, referring that's what to. About. <laughs> well, I was saying the warning could do it too, but you know. Yeah, that too. Um, It'd be but- really funny because you know, they would crack up. <laughs> yeah we've we're what we had four like top requests for the warning after the enter sandman one um 
So we're going to do those, and then we're just going to put all their backlist into a mug, and we're just going to pull them out randomly. Hey, you know a band that, that you should, um, you you guys should uh, react to? Or, uh, it's what? a little little band out of uh, Portland called Herkimer. Yeah. Uh, they got a song called, oh, geez, what's it called? Um, um, well, Demons of Dirt and Sand. That's yeah. amazing. That one's pretty solid. That's a good one. I would recommend that. No real video, though. I will say that the band really needs to, you know, up their game and come out with a video for it. But it's, it's, you know. But you get the music and really that's what you're reacting to. So, I mean, that's really all that matters. I mean, let's face it. I've seen pictures of the band. Demons of Dirt and Sand. Demons of Dirt and Sand. It's a song about the, uh, the Dust Bowl during the Depression. Yeah, whoever wrote yeah. the lyrics was really in a mood that day. Yeah, and the song's just freaking heavy. <laughs> yeah, and whoever their guitarist is, I mean, it's kind of yeah. a shit heel. But, little bit, you know, a little bit, but you know, he, he writes decent shit. music. He knows his shit. So, what are you going to do? <laughs> their rhythm guitar player is pretty awesome though. Yeah, I mean, he's okay. <laughs> we should also listen our, our other friend's band is called tomb as in like tombstone tomb and uh we have uh we have their cd too <laughs> nice. so some of the bands that were getting recommended um i've really never heard of them so um the sixters out of ukraine you guys told me about plush and then right after that we got a bunch of requests for it so i was like ha that's funny yeah, plush um, is awesome. I'm sad I missed them when they were in town, but Crypta, which is yeah. out of the Netherlands. Nemophilia, Bandmade, which I love that name. Uh Love Bites. Gafarx Spin. Okay. Oh hey. All... Sam, looky here. I got I got me a copy of uh uh, uh Herkimer's uh uh EP release there. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's a collector's item right there. Yeah, that's that's worth a whole twenty five cents, if that. <laughs> it's barely worth the CD it's printed on. <laughs> yeah, Herkimer's only got like five songs on their YouTube channel, but they're all pretty damn good. Fuck yeah, they are. Again, whoever wrote the music for it, I mean, fuck, dude's on point. There's a couple. There's a couple songs that are a little sketchy, but um. oh, oh! Did you ever finish the Karen song? Uh, so here's the yeah, thing, Danny. Sam. Did you ever finish the Karen song? So this is actually something that I've been meaning to talk to you about, Sam. I Uh-oh. need more, more okay. but I need more long tirades, and I mean unyielding tirades. You can steal them from videos if you want, but I basically want you to unload an actual Karen rant because what we would like to do is there's a lot of dead air before the vocals come in. We want to kind of fill that void lightly. Uh, We want to splash it in throughout. And then there's during the solo, we want to have you on yet another tirade. So the more you can hurt your soul pretending to be Karen, the better the song will just be. Just go to YouTube and find Karens of Walmart. Yeah. And and just, just copy those. Yep. Just yep, transcribe just it. Steal the dialogue straight up. But yeah, honestly, that's uh 
Travis is going to come back and re-record his vocals. I'm going to try to do the backups, but if that doesn't work, I'm just going to have Travis do both. Um, but literally that's the only thing stopping that one from being done, done. And we're building um, puppets for the videos. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but that is Dr. Slack Lumber's head. Nice. His skull. He looks like the uh, hey, robot from Metal hey. Gear Solid. And then here's his, his body. It's almost put together. Again. Yeah, your backdrop is making that just not a thing. There you go. So, um, uh, the body still needs to be glued a little bit more, but once that's done, um, I think I have to cut it down because the hips flare out too much. Gives them a rather effeminate figure. Nothing wrong with that. Besides, the lab coat's going to cover most of it. Yeah, I was I was thinking uh, his clothes and stuff will close it, but or cover it, but um. I can't do once once that's done. I can't do anything until Bree puts skin on him. So, gotcha. and she's been kind of busy this week. So, well, hey, if you guys need, I do have a sewing machine. So once you guys get to the clothes manufacturing aspect, you're more than welcome to borrow mine. And we're just gonna buy toddler clothes. That works. It's that works. small. Actually, I think he's a little bit bigger than toddler, but we're gonna get him a nice little suit and tie, and then Halloween we're gonna get him a doctor coat nice yeah yeah so and then talking with travis it actually freed us up we don't have to do the toupee which is awesome because that was the thing that was giving me the most stress so that'll make things a lot easier hell yeah but yeah i think what's going to take the longest is sewing his skin on once that's done it puts the puppet in the skin or it gets the needle again. So I saw a movie last night that I just had to um, talk about. Is it only we three today? Yep. Okay. Because, you know, fuck everyone else. Seriously. <laughs> With their jobs. Bunch of their jerks. Fucking children. Fucking family responsibilities <laughs> and shit. Fuck those guys. So uh, I watched a movie. uh by Eli Roth, who best known for Hostel. Um, I have, uh, especially after watching this movie, I have a growing affinity for Eli Roth. He is clearly a horror movie fan. Yep. Um, my problem with Eli Roth is he relies too much on the horror porn thing. And yeah, he's a big torture porn, porn fan. Yeah, torture yeah, porn. He's a big fan of that. Um. I would. I think he's got it in him to do a really good scary movie if he can get away from the torture porn aspect. <laughs> and I, I saw a hint of it last night because this movie actually made me uh, go against my whole "we need to save the environment" thing. Uh, after I watched this movie, I was like, "No, fuck it, burn it down, all Green of it." Green Inferno. Yeah, you watched it too. <laughs> I've seen no. that. I just knew that it was based off of like his rendition of Cannibal Holocaust, and just an I'm good. It's not that bad, I promise. It's people it's are actually, like, it's the goriest thing I've ever seen, and I'm like, it's really not. <laughs> what? Oh, have you seen Cannibal Green Holocaust? Inferno? No, Green Inferno. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not that bad. It's not super gory, which is no. awesome. Um, the story's pretty compelling. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, and I was, I was by the end of it, I was like, no, fuck it, burn it. If that's what lives in the jungle, fuck it, burn it to the <laughs> ground. Um, no, I, I, 
here's the thing though like watching it um and i can't remember i don't think eli roth directed it but i know he wrote it and produced it i think he wrote and directed and the main girl is now his wife of course she is (laughs) and when he makes makes his next movie (laughs) yeah um she'll always be in them but it was it was I, I, I've got to say it was beautifully shot. It was perfectly paced. Uh, everything about, the, I loved everything about this movie. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot too. But I kept, the, the thought that occurred to me is like, how did he, how did he cast all the natives? <laughs> I just, <laughs> okay, so here's the role. You're going to play kind of sort of the priestess and you're going to be naked and covered in red paint or yellow paint throughout the whole thing. He talked about it in an interview, but I can't remember like what the process was, but he's of, of a lot of directors that are out there. He is so transparent about where his ideas come from, about his process and all that. So I've, I've even though I don't I'm not a torture porn person, I don't like I don't really like that stuff. Um, I've always liked Eli Roth. I like him as a person. I like him as a director, a writer, and I like him as an actor. So, and I, as I, a TV host, because he does a lot of, um, he hosts uh, the horror history on Shudder, which is really great. What has he acted in? He, uh, he was, um, he was in uh, the one, oh, the one with um, Inglorious Bastards. Was he in that? Yes, he was. He was, was the he bear the Jew? bear Jew? Yes. Uh, huh. He's been um, a few other things. He's also a big shark advocate, so he's hosted like Shark Week shows and stuff. So. <laughs> gotcha. I um no I as much as I hated Hostel, I loved Hostel Two. Like he got the formula. If he had done Hostel Two first, uh, I think I would have come around to him a little bit quicker. But I think Hostel was a pretty flawed film. Um, and honestly, like if he could have, if he had done, if he had just done hostile Two and then left the whole torture porn thing, I totally would have been on board, but he kept going back to that. Well, and it just like what I liked about what I liked about hostile overall was it was pretty psychological, you know, I mean, again, it was very torture porny with, you know, the kills and stuff, but it was like. Well, it I was like the concept. Yeah, the concept was fantastic. Um, you know, because you, we all grew up hearing the the horror stories about people going on vacations and bad shit happening, like waking up in the uh, bathtub full of ice and their kidneys are yeah. gone or whatever. <laughs> That's mostly the story about being, you know, unfaithful as a cautionary tale. Well, I just, you know, it, sure, yeah, but I mean, I never heard it as that. I just, you know. The only version the of that story I'd ever heard was a dude was on a business trip. He was tired. He was exhausted, and he was at the bar, and he sees this super smoking hot chick standing next to him, so he slips his wedding ring into his pocket, and he starts hitting on her. They have a few more drinks, and he wakes up in the hotel bathtub with a note saying, hey, there's a phone right next to you. Call the ambulance. You're yeah. gonna need it. See, as a woman, I feel it's more like we always got the version of um, "Don't let your drink out of your sight, <laughs> otherwise this will happen to you." Oh yeah, yeah, accurate. Well, in the story that I had gotten from that was, 
she had basically told him throughout the course of the night that her brother was dying and needed a kidney transplant. And yeah, it was one of those things where she inadvertently was basically telling him how this was going to play out without telling him that's how it was going to play out. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things where it's like, keep it in your pants, Hoss. Like, yeah. It's it's always been one of my favorite like urban legends. You know, yeah. there's some truth, there's some nugget in truth in in that story. Uh, where it is, who knows? But um, I I grew up hearing stories like that. I love those urban legends, especially oh, yeah. the the freaky, horrible ones. Um, and especially in this day and age, it's so easy to come up with some Slender Man is a perfect example of an urban legend that's grown into, you know, it's all, it's got its own video game, its own movie. Um, I'm not going to lie. The story, the original story of Slenderman was boring as fuck. Like straight up the creepypasta original story for Slenderman was boring as shit. It actually, and this is kind of just a cool little side note, you know, detour, but apparently the whole concept of Slenderman was actually born out of a photo contest. Yeah. And they basically said, make these photos creepy. And somebody (laughs) put this squitted, tuxedoed, weird, lengthy creature in the back. And they started building a story around it. And then somebody dropped the creepypasta story. And it fucking ignited from there. And it became such a urban mythos. And it was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Well, it, it it grew into a mythos, but it ended up there was um, some murders committed by some girls. It, what the movie is ended up ba- being based on was a true life uh, thing where a couple of girls killed another girl and blamed it on Slenderman. Well, they basically said they were trying to summon Slenderman. Yeah, I believe she survived, but she yeah, was she beat did. to pulp. But- yeah, she was stabbed, I think, something like 13 or 14 times, something like that. But but you're yeah. right, James is just, yeah, it's, it was based, yeah, that was based off of yeah. that real event, which was just, that's so hor- horrific. That sucks. I think it's, it, I think it's why I like uh, the, the, the original Candyman and then the, the, the new one. The new one's so good. Oh, the new one's I haven't fantastic. watched it yet. But it, I mean, it's, it's essentially taking an urban legend and growing it into like a full story. It's taking that, that urban legend of bloody Mary and throwing it into to candy man. And the new one especially plays on that. Oh yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, so. and I think that's for me personally, I prefer the old short stories. Um, you know, I was talking to our good buddy, Travis about this the other day. It's like when we talk about stories and things like that, I I imagine myself more as a fireside storyteller. So I'll give you the story, but it'll be about written word would be like maybe 20 pages long at best. What Travis is as far as a storytelling and even you, James, you guys are novelists. You like to create worlds. You like to create context and, you know, backstories and things like that. I'm more about just here's the story. And it comes from my love of scary stories because I grew up with the Alvin Schwartz, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark, all three of those books. And I fell in love with the idea of, yes, story doesn't have to be necessarily long to be scary, or it doesn't necessarily have to be long to be 
poignant. And I fell in love with that story, that concept. So like creepypasta, when I found out that that was just a free form, read whatever stories people come up with, it was like, fuck yeah, game on. And I found some real winners in there and I found a lot that are meh, (laughs) but you know, I mean, folks are trying, they're putting in efforts, but one of the ones that I really loved from creepypasta was a story called abandoned by Disney. And it was loosely based on a true concept because Disney actually created a theme park. And as soon as it was created, they straight up left it to rot. Mm -hmm. They never opened it. They just, everything was still ready to go. And they just said, sorry, we're out. And so there is this rotting, decaying Disney park. And somebody was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a scary story about that? And so they wrote this story about this person breaking into it and getting inside the magic kingdom and inside the castle and shit and going down to where the employees were. And it was a trip. It was actually a hell of a lot of fun. And I love that about creepypasta because people can tell me fireside stories on my lunch break. So yeah, urban legends and short stories like that. I'm all about it. They're a lot of fun. You guys should both read Taste Like Candy. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Because is that the, the story the you were talking about? It was one of them. It was It's the festival. The other one is um, Clown in a Cornfield. I got Clown um, in a Cornfield so... and a couple of his others, but I couldn't find that one. Yeah, Taste Like Candy is by Ivy Tholen, T-H-O-L-E-N. Um, oh. I can send you. I, I'll send you a link. Um, so <laughs> that one is in a old fairground that the girls used to go to as youngsters and then it you know it went to it they closed it down and everything so it's kind of rotting and then this scream like creature called the liquor is coming after them so it's so good wait i have one of those a liquor there you go All on demand here, folks, just for you. I've been, um, I've been trying there to is read a... more horror. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, sorry. I was, um, I've been trying to read more horror because, you know, I watch a lot of horror movies. I watch a lot of horror TV shows. And then I was like, why don't I read more horror? I don't understand why. So I've been trying to read more, consume more horror that way because there's, there's so much and there's so much that's so good. So, and then Danny got me onto the, um, onto the uh what's it called onto the creepy pasta train so yeah yeah and again like the stories that i recommended to you one of them was called on a hill um really good storytelling really good writing i think it's in a three part um i think and each one's roughly what they consider like a 20 30 minute read or something like that Mm -hmm. and uh that one I was genuinely really happy with. It's like, why the fuck doesn't Hollywood just go, hey, we're going to release like a one, you know, movie release where it's an anthology series of horror stories like we used to back in the old days, like with, you know, uh, Creepshow and all those movies where they're just short stories done in movie format with all the budget. And... Honestly, I, if it were me, I would just rip shit directly from Creepypasta. And I know they have in the past. Um, some of the newer horror movies as of like five, six years ago or whatever came almost directly from Creepypasta. 
I think the Midnight Man was one. <clears throat> I think uh, uh, oh uh, no, Lights Out was from a short. Yes, there have was, you seen that original short? It's so creepy as fuck. It's so creepy. Awesome. That's, that's just this married couple. Then, like how they started is such an awesome story. Is like the, they're a married couple and they just do their filming at home and you know she's an actress he's a writer director and then, and i told ryan i'm like we could do that here we've got a creepy shit basement with with a, a um not a mudroom the uh with a uh root cellar i'm like come on let's go do something fun and creepy hell yeah why the fuck not because but that's what i love i love anthologies honestly i get the most fun out of them because it's I don't have to stay long vested. They don't have to stretch scenes that I think are unnecessary. They get right to the point. They give you everything you need out of it. And honestly, I, I would pay good money to watch more anthology horror movies out of sheer principle. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you got a great story and you're wanting to tell it in a feature length film, hey, that's awesome. And I'll probably watch it because I'm a fan of horror movies. But, yeah, if you give me a couple of good anthologies back-to-back, game on. See, I think the problem is uh, with horror is twofold. Uh, with the horror genre, at least in movies, is twofold. It's, number one, we're so desensitized as a culture that nothing scares us anymore. And, and B, filmmakers just aren't doing anything that's scary mostly because it'll be cut by the mpaa yeah you know if they try and go like do something really scary they're gonna cut it because it's too much you know so i think horror horror is a genre that has suffered badly over the years with tighter constrictions with the mpaa and the fact that there's just not anything that scares us as as, as a people anymore we could turn on the news and see something far scarier than what any horror movie can come up with. There's truth to that. You know, I, I mean, find yeah, a video I think to the send trick, I think the trick to get around that is, is like taking that time to build tension and to create characters we care about and we worry for them. Cause for like, cause I think you're absolutely right. And then it, there's that level of, it might not scare me, but I want to be scared for the person I'm watching. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's sort of where that shift needs to happen. And I also- think that's why I enjoyed Green Inferno as much as I did last night, because I was actually scared for yep. the girl. Uh, there was one character I was like, no, he needs to be killed. Um, <laughs> most everyone else, though, like I was feeling really bad for, you know, as as they kind of suffered, you know, especially when you're talking about the situation they were in, you know, people from a modern society suddenly, you know, find themselves in the middle of the jungle. Um, and and these guys that are are torturing them and and brutally killing them and eating them, you know, and, and you're watching. And, and, and that was the thing for me, because they're sitting there in that cage watching their friends being torn apart and then cooked and they can smell it you know i mean that that to me was the most horrific thing it's like i mean sure watching watching the the first guy get you know essentially butchered 
uh, and cut up and then watching the, the tribe just go about their day preparing the evening meal. And, and these guys are stuck in this cage watching it. And, and that's their friend. And then later on, when they're given food, uh, it's it's from bulls. And they find their friend's tattooed skin in it. And then they see it's like all the children are putting on this skin that was saved. Yep. And it's just like that to me, psychologically, that would do far more damage. You know, so I, I was in with, with it. Again, uh, like I said, I would love to see Eli Roth do do more psychological horror because I think, I think he's got it in him to do something really fantastic and i think one of the things too and 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 luckily we got to um watch the 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 horror fest last year there were some great things and that for danny that was great because it was an anthology it was you know four or five days of short films Mm -hmm. i don't remember if there was anything super scary there were some great films i remember there were some great films but i don't think there was anything scary See, and I think that's what I love about like the channels that I watch on YouTube in particular. And I sent you guys the link to Alter. one of the videos that I really enjoyed. Um, and it's a channel called Alter. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all they deal in is short horror films done by these, you know, new directors, new storytellers, whatever. And the one I sent you guys is called Armoire. And for me, it was much like what you're talking about in the respects, like I'm more concerned for the character than I am for like scared for myself kind of thing. This story sets up such a wonderful bit of tension and just an uncomfortableness. And it does it so subtly that it's one of those things where you could almost buy something like this happening in your life. And it's terrifying and creepy and wonderful all at the same time. And I really enjoyed it because, again, I think the video is only like maybe 10 or 12 minutes long. So you're not in for an ass number. You're literally like once you're done with it, you're like, "Ooh, what else you got? And I really love that style of storytelling because. Like, if I sit down to watch a movie. I'm putting in efforts to have my ass planted for at least an hour and a half, at least. And if it's a great movie by my reckoning, I'm totally fine with it being two hours long, you know, whatever. It's like the Lord of the Rings Marvel Universe kind of concept where you're sitting there and you're like, fuck, this is enjoyable start to finish. I love it. I have yet to see many horror movies that can do that to me because a lot of the times they have to fill dead space with fluff or backstory or tension rising that leads to nothing. So it ends up being kind of a big letdown. Mm -hmm. And... Like horror movies for me, I've gained a different appreciation for again, movies like Midsummer, Hereditary and The Witch. They're kind of my front runners right now because they were the first ones where it was like, okay, where are you going with this? Okay, where are you going with this? And it was kind of nice because all the tension that they were building throughout the movie was subtle and it was small, but there was always a great payout at the end. And it was like, fuck, yeah, that's well, a jam. For me, like I, I'm with you on Midsummer and The Witch, Hereditary. I freaking hated for reasons you and I discussed at great length. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and it's been so long now since I've seen it, I can't even remember. Um, but that's okay. 
that being said, I did enjoy the movie's visual uh, style and stuff. And I know that company is is uh, they've got something new coming that I'm kind of excited for. And I oh, the Vikings. Uh, no, 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 no. There's a new horror movie. Oh. Uh, is done by that company. I just yeah. can't remember uh, exactly what it was. But there's the. Uh, I'll I'll get to that in a second. Um, the reason I like the witch is because of the twist ending. The twist ending was fucking fantastic. Agreed. Midsummer I liked because again psychologically it it hooks you. Um, the horror element in Midsummer is kind of lacking. Uh, to me, I wouldn't I wouldn't call Midsummer a horror movie so much as a psychological thriller. Okay. Well, psychological thriller, I, and you could put it under the umbrella of horror. It's as psychological yeah, thriller yeah. as being a subgenre right. of it. It's why Silence that. of the Lambs they put mm-hmm. it in horror. To me, that's a that's a suspense thriller. But yeah. I think Get Out is also considered horror. Almost by out. definition. Yeah. Thriller can be thriller is essentially horror light. You yeah, know? yeah. And, but the, not not to say that that's a bad thing because it can uh, under suspense and mystery too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, what dictates a horror movie versus a thriller is its foot in reality. Like, if a movie has heavy footing in reality, it's a thriller. Because in respects, like, you can believe every aspect of it. Now, you start seeing, like, monsters and creatures and, you know, the devil and shit like that. That's a horror movie to me because it takes a supernatural element and puts it into it. The thing about Midsummer was there was nothing supernatural about it. It was just how people interpret these other folks' way of life and kind of just being enveloped by it. And it just being creepy and terrifying because of the situation that she found herself in. But it was completely rooted in reality, you know, in real world. So by your definition, then the slasher genre is not horror. No, it is horror because those guys don't die. Ah. They are immortal Ah. for whatever reason. I mean, Freddy has an ability to manipulate your dreams, which in reality... I, I would I would say yes, those are supernatural slashers, but I'm talking things like maniac or scream <laughs> necromantic. Yeah. Uh, but those are those anything? are horror movies that are based in reality. And uh, for maniac me, especially is you know, you're following you're following the murderer. Um oh uh, and American I'm Psycho fine with that. American Psycho is a fantastic horror movie, mm-hmm. and that's just a straight up serial killer see and again that's how i feel about silence of lambs in that respects it's a thriller because it's based in reality well horror is anything with a with a basis of fear so any movie that's going to peddle in fear is horror in its umbrella oh for me it's for me it's it's about scares and silence of the lambs wasn't scary it was it was Mm -hmm. um would you fuck me? I'd fuck me hard. I'd <laughs> it was an interesting look so at, you know, it, it, it. Silence of the Lambs was a procedural. It was a detective. Mm-hmm. It was essentially a detective noir set in modern times. Yeah, right. um, I found it fascinating because you're you're trying to catch a serial killer 
by probing the mind of a serial killer. It, and it's why we like Hannibal Lecter so much is because he's an interesting, fascinating, multifaceted character. He's oh, not he's just a, classy, a killer. High intelligent killer. Yeah, he is a he's a he's a functioning sociopath to the extreme. Um, and, and I think that's why we we like him so much, because he, it's not just he's not just killing people and eating them. He's super well educated. He's smarter than everyone in the room. And, and so by the time we get Hannibal, we're rooting for essentially the villain. Yeah. You know, to me, that's interesting, but it's not a horror movie. You know, well, and see, and again, and I that's think, just my quantification of it. For me, it's like, yeah, and, that's, and there's nothing wrong with it. I yeah. was just curious that where certain movies stood in it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, again by like your Scream? definition, it it doesn't feel like movies like Scream or Maniac or things like that are fit into your definition of horror. They don't. And for me, it's like, again, I'm such a big, big fan of supernatural horror. And I know that that's kind of a subgenre in and of itself. But for me, it's like when I go to see a horror movie, I want to see something that doesn't exist on my earthly plane that i'm aware of at least you know and again it's i in want the ocean i want to see ghosts i want to see monsters i want to see sea creatures i want to see something that is uniquely unworldly and supernatural and for me that's usually what quantifies as horror um again things like scream maniac american psycho things like that for me those are thrillers and i mean in the regard it could happen at any point in time anywhere and probably does more often than I would like to admit to. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where that's just my quantification, but I know that by definition that's wrong. But when I go to see a movie, I go, ah, that was a great horror movie. It's because it had those elements and midsummer again, I only call it horror because that's what it's quantified as but honestly it does qualify in my genre regiment as a thriller and yeah i'm the same midsummer is a thriller it's a fantastic thriller oh, and if you're not watching it now you should be um i don't know why we're not watching it right this second <laughs> <laughs> we, watching it 24 hours a day all the time we can't get it to work um yeah right <laughs> <laughs> can't get it to sync up so, this is bullshit so um, Bree and I went and saw the Batman a couple weeks ago, and we got treated to uh, Jordan Peele's newest venture, uh, the trailer for it, and it looked great oh, up excited. until the title. Oh, no. Once the title came oh. up, everyone in the theater started laughing. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Do you guys know what it's called? No. Nope. Oh, I did know that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not of planet Earth. And that's exciting, but it just came up as nope. And all I know know everyone in the theater heard it. Some black guy going, Nope, nope, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, know that's why he named it that. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, I had to look it up because I was like, Nope. I, I didn't get to see the trailer. All I saw was a little thing yeah, on Instagram going. The trailer nope. is like, fucking fantastic. Okay, and it had me sold done. from the word go. Fuck yeah. um, it looks. Uh, of the movies Jordan Peele's done, this, I think, is going to be my favorite. 
Yeah. You know, I actually really did enjoy Us. I love Get Out. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen Us yet. Oh man, Us, Us. is really good. Get I Out like is Get a Out great Us, psychological. Thriller. Get Out's wonderful. Oh, Get um, Out's amazing. Uh, have you guys seen? Uh, have you guys seen Old yet? M Night Shyamalan's newest. I no, but I've I've watched breakdowns of it. Well, it's really good. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched that one yet, and it was one of those things where you know, like me and horror movies, we're we're so fickle. <laughs> but again, like I wouldn't when... say I wouldn't call this a horror movie. Right. It is a masterclass in psychological thriller, though. All right, it's, fair enough. It's based off of um an old graphic novel. Actually, I've heard the graphic novel is incredible. And it's nice. like very like like your heart at the end is just like, oh my gosh. Like I was I was really feeling for these people the whole time yeah. and watching them trying to figure this out. And then again, that of course it's a Shyamalan movie, so there's a twist. What the um, I'll be right back. <laughs> but uh, it's it's not one that I don't think he he kind of foreshadowed that twist, um, but not in the ways that you know people are like oh I'm not oh I saw that coming. Uh, yeah, that's the thing with him though is that he always does foreshadow, but it's always on the second or third watch that you yeah. notice it, and you're like son well, of. Well, I actually I actually noticed it um, early on, yeah, but I wasn't sure how it was going to play in. Mm. Um, but yeah, then we, but old is the first one that he kind of gives a double twist, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So, uh, I kind of like that one. Um, sidebar. Do you know Jordan Peele went to college for puppetry? Did he? Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's one of the reasons why in Candyman, he has all those shadow puppets telling the story in like the trailer and shit and oh, kind of starting it fun. off. He had gone to Just college want to watch for puppetry again. and has an absolute love for it. So when he was like, fuck yes, I want that in my movie. That's it fun. Was, it was a good moment for him. <laughs> so um, what's your favorite um, kind of like subgenre of horror? Because there are so many. There really are. Oh my gosh. Um, I, oh man i i love horror um <laughs> and there's the title of the episode <laughs> the i love creature features mm. i love a big monster that's gonna come you know take you down into the ocean i love the oversized shark that wants to eat everyone um Sharknado. Shark, even even the crazy Sharknado's can like you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, there it is. Well, right I, in the watched, sand, fuckers. I watched Sharknado and I was so upset by it because it was so it just got increasingly stupid and I was like, I think that was the point of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like, know how that. stupid like, can we make this? And I totally get that, but I just stopped connecting with it after a while, and then I was just annoyed because it was the over the topness. But anyway, what I think I'm one I of the few people in the world feature, who's like never watched a Sharknado movie, and I'm so happy that I've never <laughs> but host the Korean one is so good. Ooh. I love that kind of creature feature. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. I can't remember what the fucking name of it is, but there's a creature feature you got to see. And I, fuck, I'll have to look it up and find it. But basically, it's this giant creature that hits Ireland. 
and its only weakness is alcohol. <laughs> so all the people in the town so Ireland is are safe. like, they done fucked up coming here. Oh, and they're just like, we got to be on a bender for like the next five days, guys. We'll starve this fucking thing out one way or the other. It is hilarious. Oh, grabbers. That's what it's called. Grabbers. <gasps> I've seen that. Or at least yeah. I started it. It's, oh, it's so good. So like stupid. So. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, yeah, I that's one of my biggest problems. I When I watch a horror movie, I want to be scared. I don't want to yeah. laugh. <laughs> and, I love horror comedy. Oh my far God. too, oh. there are far too many horror comedies, and, and you get but suckered not, in because you see the poster. Ones, the what? There's not too many good ones. There's Accurate. a lot of stupid ones, but and that's good ones. I think that's my problem. If you do a horror comedy, do it right. I've yeah. I've got one for you. And there oh are my gosh, far too many where it's just like, yeah, it's a horror comedy, ha! Ah, and it's just like, no, you're not I making me laugh, even, and you're not scaring me. I think the people who are involved with horror comedy kind of know what they're up against as far as like we know what genre we're a part of we know all the tropes and we're gonna play up to every single one of them because fuck you guys the, the wolf, wolf of snow, snow hollow. hollow all right so good freaking and love again, that movie I- i'm with you james i'm not a big fan of like going out of my way for horror comedy um but i will say that i mean and, and i blame William Blatty for this. Um, Not much scares me anymore. And I'm not trying to sound all tough or nothing, but the exercise... No, it's just you're desensitized to it. Well, and that's the thing. As a kid, the exercise... The exorcist scared the piss out of me. I was afraid of the exerciser, too. I I mean, (laughs) you still are. Fucking Richard Simmons terrified me. Poltergeist was scary as a kid for me. See, and for me, Poltergeist didn't scare me so much as it was entertaining. Yeah, see, we're opposite in that way. Poltergeist scared me, but I wasn't scared by The Exorcist. Oh, man, The Exorcist hit me at the right time in the right mm-hmm. place, and it scared the fuck out of me. And it was one of those things where, again, I'm a, I'm a torture tester. So the next morning, as soon as it was daylight, I popped my blockbuster video back into my VCR <laughs> and watched the fuck out of that movie until it became not as terrifying because for me i was more of a i gotta understand why this scares the fuck out of me and once i did and i realized that it was a movie you know and i was able to do that whole detach ever since then it has been really really hard for me to find a horror movie that actually scares me i've gotten some good jump scares but honestly, it's and never like a, underestimate ah, a good jump square you. jump square. Um, so uh, what before we move on, Danny, what's your favorite genre of horror? Fuck, man, that's hard. I, that's what I really, doing. really do prefer <laughs> supernatural horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer anything that's ghost zombie, you know, that vampire kind of shit. I like it when they do it well um, or when they put in that effort to add that supernatural element to it. Cause I mean like creature features are awesome, but creature features, they tend to try to ground themselves in reality. I like shit. That's off worldly like aliens. If done right, it can be scary, but I'm talking about, like I said, ghosts, demons, you know, shit like that, where it's like, it's stuff you can't control and you know absolutely nothing about. 
you're hoping you know because that hope is the only thing that might save your life. Otherwise, you're fucked. Um, because like creature features again, I love them to death. And man, are there some great bad creature features yeah. that are wonderful. But yeah, I, I'm gonna say supernatural horror is my absolute favorite. And typically, if I can get it in an anthology, even better. So uh my my favorite is anything to do with religious horror. Oh yeah. I think some of the scariest stuff yeah. uh can be angels versus demons, priests versus possession. I love that. And I think the reason I love it is because there are so few of them and even fewer that are done well. Fair. My um, man, you gotta watch the cleansing hour. Uh, one of my favorites that I saw um, Love that movie. not too long ago. Um, I may get this title wrong. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but I think it's called The Possession Project. And it ends up being a procedural where the cops are on the scene and they're um, interrogating the lone survivor of this massacre. And as they're interrogating him, he's telling them about how he got this group of friends together and the goal was he was writing his, his thesis for his religious class on possession. And it turns out that she is actually talking to a demon because they find the actual kid's body in the house dead. And then he ends up killing all the cops. It's a, such a great movie. Um, Find the name. Cause I wouldn't mind watching that. It's i uh, I'll have to, let me take a look here. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the Possession Project. Because I've seen The Last Exorcist, and that was actually pretty Last solid. Exorcist. You know, the one that I really enjoyed was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes, yes The Possession Experiment so is what it's called. The Exorcism of Emily good. Rose, I was okay with, but I was... <clears throat> so Josie brought me. this to my attention, and don't get me wrong, I... I I'm kind of with her on this. Her observation was, why do they always got to be women who get possessed? And I tried explaining it from like a theological concept where it's like, well, Eve was the one who did listen to the serpent kind of shit, blah, 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 blah. The thing about the exorcism of Emily Rose that I kind of disagreed with was it was based on a true story of Anhalis Michael, a German girl. Um, but it also was wrapped around another dude as well, who was one of the first possession cases. And what was interesting about that particular one is information about it only came out after just about every one of his um, surviving relatives were dead because the family said, no, we don't, we don't want people to know about this. We, we want to keep this shit under wraps, you know, don't talk about it. And what I somebody dug and found it and they brought it to light, but they had such inconclusive evidence that it was like, it's kind of a thing. But... See, I, I think that's that's why I enjoyed that movie as much as I did is because it was it wasn't so much a horror movie as it was a court drama mm-hmm. because it's taking the supernatural element and it was um, putting it into um a litigation a litigation and the 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 priest you know is being put on trial because you know he 
everything he did kind of sort of, you know, uh, led to this girl's death. And he was like, he wasn't even apologetic about it. He was like, no, I just want the world to know that the devil is out there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, uh, they end up winning the case, but it's like, it's, it's so amazing going into the theological. And, and I think that's why I enjoy religious horror movies so much because i mean if you really look at it horror came from religion oh yeah they you know by scaring you with demons and and you know i I mean i I might throw a little bit of an argument on that one in the respects that i think horror was an amalgam it definitely hit a pinnacle with religion but i mean like Native tribes had talked about the creatures in the dark, the demon spirits, the monsters that controlled the night, essentially. Yeah, but if you if you really look at it, even those those tribes, it's basically their religion, you know, their their belief system. You I know, give you that. Um, you go all the way back to Greek and Roman myths, they're talking about demons constantly, monsters, yeah. things that go bump in the night. But it's always it it always comes down to but then this God came down and and saved us all, you know, it, it's always a light versus dark and it's never done better than in a religious horror. But like I said, a, a good religion, religious horrors are few and few, far between and ones that are done well are even fewer. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, watch the closing or the cleansing hour. <laughs> so um fuck out of that movie i think yeah i i love a good uh demonic possession movie and, and your wife's right it it is always the women that get possessed but it's always because women are looked on especially in religion as the weaker sex go away danger doing a podcast i'll play with well, you I mean- later Danger yeah, says, I am the horror. <laughs> well, I mean, let's face it. There is that week in the month that, I mean. Well, that's where a lot of werewolf stories came from. It's where a lot of possession stories came from, too. <laughs> but it's like, well. It, it, she used to be so nice. <laughs> you can you can look at it in a lot of ways. And, and the reason that horror movies traditionally always have women as, you know, the last you know, there, there's a reason that they call them the uh, the final girl, because women are always looked at on, especially in horror movies, as the weaker sex. So giving giving a woman the and it's explained really well in that movie um, behind the mask, the story of mm-hmm. Leslie Vernon. I they break it down. Love that movie. They break it down so well, and it's like there's there's it's a, so good, Danny. Oh, have you not seen it? I have not. It's so oh, good. I dude. showed it to Ryan. I was like, you have to watch this. It is such like, okay. a great deconstruction of a oh, horror God. movie while being a horror movie. So what's it called again? Uh, it's called Behind the Mask, The, I, the, the Rise, Rise of Leslie, of Leslie Vernon. So it's basically okay. this, this um, college film crew. They get in touch with a serial killer and he walks them through all like horror like it's kind of set in a world where jason and leatherface and michael miles all truly exist and he basically walks them through the setup and the chase and all this stuff and it it's like i'm not killing them i'm empowering this one girl 
we all pick the one girl to be the final girl for whatever reason and we send her through this journey and then there's this great twist and i'm not going to give it away because i want you to watch it but it's like when it happens you're like you're when the twist happens and they're all realizing you're like going oh fuck i did not see that coming at all um fair enough yeah it's so good it's it's one of my go-tos when i just want to watch a uh a, a really good horror movie um it's i'll have to give it a shot it, it, it's self-referential as well mm-hmm. as like in the manner of like how Scream was kind of self-referential for its time. And um, I would say it's actually closer to Cabin in the Woods in its self-awareness yeah. of what okay. it is. And it's but it's like Cabin uh, again, in the Woods and Leslie Vernon. It is such a great deconstruction of horror so good. that it is not to be believed. Um not just horror, but like, um, uh, like a, uh, oh yeah, you got it up there. I'm going to put that one in there. Um, I would say it's also got an, like an element of horror comedy in there, but it's that really dark. And that's like where, what, that's my wheelhouse is that dark horror comedy. It's like, oh shit. (laughs) Like you feel bad laughing at it is like where I live in my brain. I just yeah. got to find out where I can uh, stream it. Preferably. Um, it was on Shutter for a while. Was it really? Yeah. yeah, it should still be there. Okay, I'll I'll check it out there because yeah, I mean I I've lived on Shutter for a while. Yeah, it is so so worth the watch. Uh, it it's it is easily one of my all time favorites. So. Yeah, it's it's I I agree with you. It's one of my it's one of my go to recommendations for people too, especially if they're um if they're not like if they want something I, I wouldn't call it light, but if they want something that's not as I guess cent, horror center because it because I I don't know if I can articulate this correctly. It is it's a, a go to recommendation for me. It is Fair. it's. You know what it is? It's almost a detective procedural that turns into a straight up horror movie. Yeah, and then uh-huh. the twist at the end I really liked too. Yeah. It's it's so good. I I was like, "Oh my god," because I realized at the same time that the characters did. And I was like, yeah. <gasps> and, and that's the beauty of it. They don't they don't foreshadow it at all. No. And it's it's almost like because they play it almost like it's a um there are scenes in it that he's it's almost like it's like it's a practical joke movie yeah because this guy is again he's like walking so through crazy. all these things like oh, i'm gonna do this to to make her do this and it's gonna be so and they they do it and then he's like he's with the film crew and they're like hey did you see that wasn't it great and they're all just cheering and it's so funny and then there's like this moment where it's like wait a minute what the fuck are we doing yeah (laughs) we shouldn't be involved in this i have a question for you guys when it comes to horror have you guys ever had any gatekeepy scenarios like if you say you like a movie they're like oh well tell me every single moment of this movie otherwise i won't believe that you like it no gatekeeping is a huge issue in horror no, because quite frankly, I like a movie and I don't really give a fat roasty fuck if that means that you accept that I like that movie. You can eat my ass as far as I'm concerned, because 
Again, I like a movie because it's entertaining, not because it's the book of my fucking existence, you douche canoe. I, I will suggest a show or movie based on my interest and what I know of a person. Like uh, when Messiah was out on Netflix, I could not tell enough people about that. And especially where I work, so many people, I think, would enjoy it. So I was telling everyone, you got to spend the time, watch Messiah. Uh, um, I don't know how many people watched it or, or checked it out i know it's back on netflix i um, do not know this movie well it's, i was it's under a the series. impression they basically canceled that fucker outright oh yeah they canceled, they canceled it all but the, the good shows the, well the reason they canceled it I made know. sense to me because they were getting <laughs> a lot of uh hey, messenger it, or messiah messenger uh messiah is essentially exactly what would happen if christ suddenly appeared today Yep, if oh, God came interesting. back, essentially. And it is so good. And it's, unfortunately, it's one season and it ends kind of on a cliffhanger. Um, but it's it's a show that. where, and Danny, Travis, and I were watching it and we kept having these arguments because what it does is at the end of every episode, you're left either, no, he's definitely the Messiah, or no, he's not the Messiah. He's full of shit, man. And and so it's it's one of those ones that is so great to watch because it is 100 percent exactly what would happen if the Messiah showed up today. See, and I think when it comes to religious horror, like and Ryan and I had a discussion about this last week, is that um, Christian mythology and Christian lore is just rife. It, it, it is perfect for horror. It really is. And the closer you can get to the reality of the situation, like um, his example is always going to be stigmata, even though it's super nineties and you can like, it is of its time. There, the yeah. religion in it is accurate. And the closer, the more accuracy you can have with it, the scarier that shit is. Yeah. And it's so good. And when someone puts a lot of thought into it and the dialogue is really good and the the, the right visual elements are really good. Oh, it's just Christianity that's why, is just know, perfect for horror. One of the <laughs> one of the the stories and and if I ever get around to it, I would love to actually write and complete the idea I have. So I've got a, I've been sitting on an idea for what I would, I hope could be a a really great religious horror movie. And it would follow a group of paranormal investigators funded by the Vatican. Oh yeah. And it's, it's basically following this group uh, more specifically, this uh, young woman who's a psychologist um, and she gets tapped. She's, She's fresh out of college. She's looking for that first job and she gets an interview and it turns out to be from the church. And she's like, I'm not what she's all confused because they like, they start throwing stuff at her and they make her watch these videos of like demonic possession and stuff. And then they hit her with no, the the war between heaven and hell is real. And the church has worked really hard to keep it under wraps because God doesn't want people coming to him out of fear. Mm-hmm. He wants them coming of, you know, love and belief. And faith. yeah. And that if we release nice. this stuff and if we just announce to the world that the devil is fucking real and here's the proof, then all these people will start going to church out of fear. And that's not 
that's not how we win the war. And basically, mm-hmm. so this group is actually led by this um, uh, half human, half angel. So he can communicate with both worlds. And so the, the, the group that is with him is there to document everything. Um, I like it. And so this, yeah, the psychologist gets put on because she's, she's supposed to be uh, a, she's got to determine if the people that they go to help are telling the truth and um, B she's got to determine if it's real or not. Which one so is if, this? This is a story that I'm trying to write. I was going to say, I was like, I've heard this story before from <laughs> you and I can't remember what the fuck it is. So I've got, I've got like the first chapter in various stages of, of uh, completion. If I can get through the first chapter, I think I can actually start rolling on it, but I've got like all kinds of ideas of, of how it goes. And I even like figured out exactly how demons can escape hell and come into our world. And, and like the, 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 um, the levels of possession and According why it's Greek important mythology, to catch the gate door of hell is like got neon lights pointing to it. <laughs> Josie and I were making jokes about it. Every fucking Greek hero knows the way to Hades and knows how to get the fuck back out. And we yeah. were making jokes that there are just giant neon signs that just point to a hole in the ground going Hades. Hades, <laughs> Hades. <laughs> so my, my concept of it is that, um, uh, so the first level is, um, demons always find cracks in our reality and it always starts as a haunted house. So you buy a house that's been haunted. It's, it's usually a demon still trying to break through Mm -hmm. the, the second, the second wave is when they actually can possess someone. Once, once they possess someone, they've, they've broken through, but they're still tethered to hell. So, um, and then there's like, once, once they get through possession, once they, have that body fully possessed they've broken the tether and they can go out into the the world and do all kinds of things and that's where you get serial killers you know because it's basically them harvesting souls for the army of hell right and that's why you know it's important that the vatican has and and in this story i think i think i decided that they only have like four teams so they only have four half angels because that's all God's allowed. No more. So, uh, uh, so it's four guys working against, you know, an army of, and the Vatican will not like let one team know where another is They're They're all working independently. So, sure. um, but yeah, I, I went like if I could and I thought about like future ideas and like wouldn't it be cool if like the team gets called to the Vatican and we can see, you know, where the Vatican holds all these, you know, uh relics and, and things from from the entire war. You know, I, I thought it would be cool, but I just haven't gotten around to writing it. <laughs> Fucking James. I've got other projects. Slow, you'll get there. Don't yeah. we all? But Don't I, I all. know, I know it's it's a good story because it's stuck around in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one of my yep. my go to ideas, and I would love to see it brought into fruition. But it's one of those ones that if I'm going to do it, I want to make it really scary. Gotcha. You know, you know, I want it to be, I want it to be kind of grounded in reality, but like 
Danny said, have those supernatural elements that are like really frightening. And, and especially with movies like paranormal activity and stuff like that, playing with that idea and, and mixing that in there. I think. All right. All right. All right. I got a question for you then, James. Okay. The answer is no director for your project. Like you get your shit written. It is perfect by every count that you want it to be. Who is the director you want in the seat? And don't say Samantha. That will be pandering. And although we know that would no, be that accurate, just mean, that means I know exactly who I want. <laughs> Big Jim. It's always a good <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I, Big I, Jim I, just jimmed. <laughs> he's like, huh? I don't you know, know what, what just oh, happened, okay, but so I'm, if, not, I'm okay with it. If if I was making this low budget, I would actually cast Samantha as the lead character, the psychologist. Oh. Um, sorry, Danny, you don't Let's get do to it. be the, the half angel, but you'd get to be the uh, videographer. I'll, I'll take Satan. It's cool. <laughs> see, that's the thing. We never actually get to see Satan. Uh, eh, no one ever gets to see God either. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but it like uh big budget film director. <sighs> yeah, who would it be? Who's your Betty? Who do you think would do the work justice, but also would add their personal flair to make it fucking terrifying in every way you had ever hoped for? Okay, so just because there's so much um, living or dead, don't care. Drama, like real life drama stuff. I would actually love, and because I think he's got it in him to make a superb horror movie, Steven Spielberg. Fair. Okay. He, he kind of came close with Poltergeist, even though, you know, Toby Hooper directed, um, mm, arguably it was a Spielberg direct. I think <laughs> if you look at Spielberg's filmography, there are hints of, a fantastic horror movie in that guy. But sure. since he probably wouldn't touch it, I would maybe ask fuck him. He's got to do it. It's contractually obligated at this point. <laughs> do this fucking film. Um, what have you done for us lately? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, the problem is is there's not there's not a lot of good horror directors. Mm. No, I just thought of it. Del Toro. There's my favorite new director, and that's, uh, I think, Robert Eggers. No, oh, give me yeah. fucking Guillermo Del Toro. That's always a solid pick. All right. All right. Because All right. he's going to do the, the possession and the scary stuff right. Yeah, fair. Me and Del Toro, we get along to an extent. I do like his style. I do like his movies that he's put out. I just... I don't know. There's something about him that it's like. I think visually he's really good. I think, I think he's sometimes lacking in in other aspects. But I think visually, like his films are always stunning. You know who else I'd like to get if I could go back in time? I'd like to get a Frighteners era Peter Jackson. Oh yeah, Aww. fucking Frighteners is a great movie. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. That I think you take the comedy it. out of Frighteners and you have a fantastic <laughs> horror movie. But honestly, with the comedy in it is He's what makes comedy. it such a fucking <laughs> great movie. Yeah, I mean, but if he I got want Jeffrey up... Combs 
to whip out of his jacket a fucking ass donut so he could sit on it. And it's like, Josie and I went back and watched that movie. It's like, why do you think Peter Jackson needed to put that in there? Like, that is such a weird scene. He gets the chick in the back of this police cruiser. He's trying to basically get her away so Dude Man dies. He reaches into his jacket like he's going for a gun and he pulls out an ass donut. Puts it on the driver's seat and then you see in the rear view mirror. (laughs) And it's like... I haven't seen that movie in so long. I was just telling Ryan about it. Oh, I love that movie so hard. And again, Jennifer Combs is so beautiful in that movie. It makes me happy. Um, So have you guys seen the movie Horns? No, but I've heard good things. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't. I've heard it's really good. So watch that movie. That's the tone I'd like to go for with mine. So that director, Alexandra Alexander Aha, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm. Uh, Tonally, that movie is fantastic because it's very much the psychological, but it throws the supernatural in there on top of it. And that's that's the tone I'd like my story to take. Fair enough. So do you guys have any movies before we break for the day that you're excited about that are coming out? Nope. I don't know if anything's coming out new. No, I just told you what I'm excited for. The only movie I'm excited for that's coming out is uh, by the same guy who directed The Witch, uh, Robert Eggers. Uh, He's doing this story called Vikings. And it basically... Are you sure it's Vikings and not Northmen? It might be Northmen. I can't remember. But it is a feature-length film. And it basically I think you're talking about The Northmen. Conan the Barbarian meets Vikings meets Assassin's Creed Valhalla meets like this dark version of Braveheart. And it's like, fuck. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about the Northman and that movie looks looks so good. Fucking amazing. Um, I can't wait. And that's like in two or three weeks. um, I'm excited for Morbius. Morbius comes out next Friday. Morbius. I was excited about. And then it kept getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And it's like, fuck, just release it. I'll watch it on Disney Plus. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> no, I'm excited for that one. Northman's up there. Uh, nope. Definitely want to see Nope. I got to um, see a trailer for that. Um, well, I'm sold on Jordan Peele. So just like, Ali, oh, I'll, I don't even need to see the trailer. <laughs> yeah, nope. There you go. You're, yeah, you're there's in. a few that I'm, I'm, excited for and now that theaters are starting to come back i'm really excited for for stuff to start coming out again um but uh oh the new jurassic world is going to be awesome i think should be fun you think um it'll be most of the stuff i'm excited to see are all franchise movies that are going to be you know big blockbuster popcorn movies um there's not a lot of um movie like you know um i'm kind of excited for and even though i just learned about it today i'm kind of excited to see uh where the crawdads sing uh take time look trailer even if you don't know the book which i don't the trailer looks really cool fair enough so y'all much love but i got a break just fucking leaves like it's nothing (laughs) yeah Kind of fuck a, you guys. Now it's up to fuck. one of you to do the God. Patreon plea. Kind of a dick move. Give us yeah. money so we can go see cool movies to tell you about them. There, oh. done. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> done beautifully. Right, well, much love. <laughs> well, if he's leaving, we should all leave. So we'll talk to you all next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Not Another Podcast. There are so many places for you to find us outside of www.notanotherpodcast.com. For instance, you can find us on Facebook at Not Another Podcast. You can also find us on Tumblr at www.notanotherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find me, Samantha Stark, on Twitter at Samantha Stark 3 And you can find James on Twitter as well under James Spooky, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And you wanted it, you asked for it, you got it. You can also find us now on iTunes under, you guessed it, Not Another Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Not Another Podcasters.